the NDP's economic management model of raising taxes, increasing regulatory burden, high operational spending, and working to expedite the energy transition in conjunction with Trudeau's Liberals was nothing short of disastrous. It resulted in the flight of billions of dollars in capital, tens of thousands of lost jobs, and perpetual deficits. Uh, that was uh, Finance Minister Travis Taves during his budget address yesterday, just uh, driving home the point that this is an election budget, I think. Um, but let's find out. We're going to chat now with Shannon Phillips, who is the NDP opposition critic for finance. Um, Ms. Phillips, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Thanks for the opportunity, Shay. So you heard the finance minister. This is all your fault. There's, you made such a mess. They're still cleaning it up, Shannon Phillips. Well, you know, it's pretty rich coming from the guy who ran the biggest deficits in Alberta history, uh, who uh, has never been, has gone, you know, uh, off forecast by, you know, no fewer than $10 billion, whose first budget um, vastly underestimated his own deficit and it lost 50,000 jobs. Uh, a guy who has been responsible for, uh, called on the carpet by the AG, the Auditor General, for $1.6 billion of accounting errors, $4 billion in uh, lack of tracked COVID uh, uh, funding, gambled $1.3 billion on the uh, Keystone Excel. You know, so if we want to talk records, sure, let's talk about it. We're talking billions of dollars in boondoggles from this guy. Well, at some, at some some point, you know, the record can't be there. I mean, we're four years down the road here. Um, I, I want to talk about some of the commentary I heard yesterday from um, Rachel Notley. Uh, pretty strong accusation. I'm wondering what she's basing this on, and I'm sure you've had discussions. She called this a fraudulent budget designed to buy votes and then spring hidden costs on Albertans after the polls close. What are you basing that on? Well, I mean, as for the forecast. Uh, so these are just made up uh, by Daniel Smith and her government. So the forecasts for economic growth and, econo- and employment growth in the budget documents that underpin everything else are higher than any private sector forecasts, some of them more than double. Uh, and uh, that's, that's plain as day right there in the budget documents. So clearly we have a situation where, you know, Daniel Smith's making up uh, rosy numbers out of thin air uh, in order to, you know, make a case uh, for Albertans that is simply not real. Uh, as for the affordability programs, many of their affordability programs end right after the spring election, including the affordability checks, the electricity rebates, fuel tax relief, uh, and uh, even um, rental rates for uh, seniors in, con- in continuing care. Those will spike right after the election. So we have some situations here where, you know, they've sort of... I uh, made this a budget, not really for everyone, more like a budget for Daniel Smith. Um, it's interesting to hear some of the analysis, some of the response from economists and political scientists saying, you know what, if you sat down and took a look at this budget and you didn't know whose name was at the bottom of it, you might call this an NDP budget. Uh, you've got increases in spending in healthcare. You've got increases in spending in education. You've got increases in spending almost everywhere. A lot of the things you've been very critical of this province, those seem to have been managed and handled to this point. What would have been different if you were writing this budget? Well, let's take healthcare as an example. So, uh, for example, uh, because we have not funded for population growth and inflation, just that uh, over the course of the pandemic, we have healthcare funding short $1.4 billion, uh, uh, from where it should be. But even more to the point, we don't see a thoughtful plan here to address the problems uh, uh, that people tell us on their doorsteps. Uh, 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 the public write to us all the time about uh, being able to access primary care, that is to say a family doctor or other healthcare provider within a couple of days. We have entire cities where that uh, it, it is the case that you cannot find a family doctor, um, including the city that I represent in Lethbridge. Um, 
So, you know, it's one thing to uh, uh, slightly top up from the hole that you have dug uh, in, in healthcare. Uh, that is one thing. Um, but what we don't see along with that is a thoughtful plan to give us access to family care. We don't see any any goals here for how many clinics are going to be opened, how many physicians are going to be recruited or trained. Uh, none of that exists in this budget. So um, ultimately, we, we have a very driftless government with no focus or strategic plan around the number one issue for people. Well, I don't know if that's completely accurate. We've got a 4.1% increase in health funding, um, and there are the pillars of where it needs to go. We know that. And one of them is uh, the things that you're talking about, you know, primary care and those sorts of things. And in fact, there is $3 million in this budget to further study and implement a North Calgary and Airdrie regional health facility. So some of the things you're talking about are in fact in this budget. $3 million for a study when we know that uh, uh, thousands of people right now uh, don't have access to a family uh, doctor in Lethbridge, a similar uh, size city to, to uh, Airdrie. It's a little bit bigger. We have 40,000 people without a family doctor who have lost their family doctors. So a plan uh, for one region to study something is not where we should be right now. Uh, uh, we have people who are going without required medical care uh, all over this province and or having to go into an emergency room to fill a prescription. Uh, this is a crisis that uh, preceded the pandemic when the UCP tore up the uh, agreement with doctors. Uh, and so there is a, uh, there are a large number of authors for this uh, uh, particular crisis uh, and uh, not the least of which is the UCP cabinet, uh, both past and present. Um, but, you know, so these are, are really, really designed to be sort of mannequins in the window, but there's nothing in the store. Uh, uh, and that's kind of uh, what we see throughout this budget. I'm wondering what you would have them do. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about spending. Would you spend more? I mean, they're spending almost all the money they have. They've increased healthcare spending by uh, funding by you know billions of dollars, four point one percent. They're spending twenty, what is it, twenty five point four billion on healthcare. I mean, we've 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 recognized before. I think most people have that you can't just keep throwing money at it. There has to be other ways. What's the solution here? Well, that's exactly the point. Uh, uh, this whole uh, throwing money at it uh, uh, situation, we don't see a focus plan for primary care, which we know is the uh, uh, number one thing on people's minds. I think, first of all, you need stable, predictable, adequate budgets. Uh, they need to, we, we don't need this wild careening back and forth uh, between, you know, starvation and a little less starvation. We need a, an appropriate, thoughtful, fiscally responsible plan for the surplus uh, to make sure that we can plan for uh, uh, Alberta's future. And I do think um, that on healthcare, we want to see some specific goals uh, on that. And that's why we've put forward exactly that, uh, a plan for 10 new family health uh, at clinics across the province in the places where the shortages are the most acute first um, so that one million more Albertans can have access to a doctor or other health professional within a couple of days where they live. Uh, that is a specific plan uh, that does not involve, quote unquote, you know, uh, throwing more money at it. It is focused, it is strategic, uh, and it will keep people out of the emergency rooms and out of the higher cost of care. Of course, the criticism that I, you know, and and that the finance minister was throwing at the NDP for their record is a lot to do with fiscal responsibility and spending. What what would you have done with a massive resource windfall like this? 
Well, I think, first of all, we need a, a plan for the surplus that doesn't involve uh, what the finance minister has called a, an Alberta fund, uh, which uh, is defined as something that they can use for strategic priorities, meaning the strategic priority of getting reelected. It's a cash slush fund. Um, there, there's not really a whole lot of detail on how they're going to allocate to either debt reduction or heritage fund and what the uh, return on, on investment of either of those, which are perfectly legitimate options in my view, uh, what those will deliver to people over the long term. Um, again, I, I don't think it's uh, terrifically well thought out. And, uh, uh, you know, the finance minister wants to claim uh, uh, fiscal responsibility, but this is a ruse. Uh, he is uh, responsible for some of the largest deficits and wild swings uh, in, in budgeting in, in Alberta mm-hmm. history. Uh, and uh, I really has had nothing to say on uh, uh, the appropriate investment of the surplus. And in fact, last year said, oh, we're going to reinvest more in the Heritage Fund. Oh, no, we're not. Uh, and just going back and forth and mostly, re- you know, reflecting the palace intrigue and the internal soap operas and dramas going on in the UCP caucus, rather than what's best for Albertans and what will put us on uh, a better uh, trajectory, both fiscal and economic, for into the future. But don't they answer some of those very criticisms? I mean, debt was paid down substantially more than was originally forecast, and they're putting in a framework that says from now on, 50% of any surplus immediately has to go to debt. So they are putting in some of those guardrails that you're saying they haven't had before. Uh, yes, uh, there there are those, but then there's this big slushy cash account, uh, and uh, so you know to give a, a government that is as um, as irresponsible and feckless as Danielle Smith a big uh, a cash account for quote unquote emerging strategic priorities, which is government bureaucrat, uh, bureaucrat speak for uh, spend it however you want, a politician who would like well, to get that I asked my, the minister, and he said it still has to go through the regularly pro- the regular process. It's going to have to go through the legislature. It's not like it's just a piggy bank he can reach into. I uh, doubt that very much. They have done all kinds of things with tr- uh, contingency and so on over the last couple of years that have given them uh, an ability to do uh, sort of whatever they like around Treasury Board. Uh, and I, I, uh, I, I don't see this as being any different. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, they knew they needed a plan. Uh, so they needed to look like they had one uh, for the uh, for the surplus. We've already seen, you know, uh, decisions veer wildly back and forth in terms of the future of the Heritage Fund. Uh, and uh, uh, the question that um, we also see a lot of predictability in terms of how we're going to ability for people as well, which should be uh, baked in budget in some sustainable way. We don't see that here. Okay. Uh, Shannon Phillips, I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.